Hello and welcome to a fresh episode of the Wildcat Offense Basketball Edition, hosted by yours truly, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. Thank you for the likes, the ratings, the reviews, the listens, the downloads. It means so much to me and it keeps me motivated to keep making podcast content for you guys through this project. Um, can't believe I've started this project uh, almost a year ago. Uh, we're about to reach that milestone in a couple months and... Uh, you know, I say that because, you know, happy February. Uh, we are on the 2nd of February, but, uh, you know, it's a start to the new month. And I want to thank each and every one of you for sticking with me uh, for this uh, for this time. I mean, um, it's crazy to think that, you know, for someone who just talks sports every day to go on here and make something like this. It's, it's quite amazing to see, you know, how far the reach has gone. But... Before I get really carried away here, uh, share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who is down to join the sports talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Offsea Sport is spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. All right, so we are two days after probably the biggest game of the season, and if you were watching, you you really had every reason to believe that this team was going to go 2-0 and against Purdue this season. And, you know, for the most part, the Cats played a really great game. I mean, there's really, really nothing that you can overtly criticize. But to quote Anthony Edwards, it, you can kind of make an argument that the Cats were literally playing eight players on the court. Yes, I'm criticizing referees. I mean, look at that free throw discrepancy. But before we get into it, I mean, it was a really similar uh, flow to the first game, right? So at the end of the first half, it was 47-39 Purdue. And if I remember correctly, during the first game in Evanston, um, Purdue was ahead. And um, after that... Uh, the Cats caught up and eventually forced uh, an overtime, and um, the Cats ended up winning the game. So, yeah, I'm looking back at that game uh, a while back uh, on December 1st. So, literally a little over or a little under two months after they first played, right? It was almost the same game. Purdue was up 40 to 32 on the Cats, and then the Cats had a 44 to 36. Second half, leading to a 16-12 overtime period, eking out the four-point victory. In this case, Purdue was up 47-39. Cats had a 42-34 first half, but lost the overtime period 24-15 with a final score of 105-96. And I believe that is the first time the Cats gave up 100 points in a season or in the season, and yes, that is correct. That's the most points they've given up so far, albeit it was in an overtime period to one of the top two teams in the country, right? You can argue that in a in a in a parallel world, Purdue and UConn are number one at the same time. But in this case, Purdue's number two. And yeah, of course, to give up 105 points to the number two team in America with the best college player in the country, it doesn't sound too far-fetched, but you know. If you really watched the game and you followed how Northwestern's been playing all year and how Northwestern played Purdue the first time, you'd be hard-pressed to think that, oh man, like, how is a team defensively sound, like, 
gave up 105 points like that. But it is what it is. Um, there's a saying, you know, in, in sports, especially in basketball, that I hate, that I really, really fucking hate. Yes, you know, this is, I do have an explicit rating, so I can curse on here, even though I haven't really done it this season. And it's a saying that even though we lost, it's a good loss. For me, a loss is a loss. I don't care if the Cats lost by one or lost by 40, right? This It's still a losing effort. And I get it. You can make an argument. Well, Purdue is that team. You know, you guys were on the road. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to stick to my stick to what I just said earlier. Yeah, I mean, of course, when you're playing eight on five and it, it you needed an extra five minutes for that team of eight to win. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course, uh, you can say that it was a quote unquote good loss. But for me, it's more of a still a, I guess, a message to the rest of college basketball that Northwestern is legit, right? They probably are the best unranked team in America. I'm going to go ahead and say that because, I mean, if you're going to put the number two or number one team against the wall and in, in this iteration of it on their home court, and they had their best players. Everyone was healthy. Yeah, I mean, come on. And Northwestern has the winning record to back it up and has beaten other good teams like Illinois, you know, and Michigan State. You know, it, I will say that's probably the biggest positive about this loss that uh, our cats just took. So there's that. Uh, Boo Boo, we had a really great game, 25 points, 9 for 19 from the field, 7 for 11 from 3. You know, I did say something about Boo Boo having to have a really big game. Uh, so at least he showed up there. I mean, a lot of the players showed up still, but and we'll get into team stats in a moment. But Boo Boo is also the leading rebounder with 5. Boo Boo with 4 assists, and Brooke Barnheiser had 3 steals. So really good defensive day for uh, Brooks Barnheiser. Zach Eady with 30 points, 11 for 14 from the field, 8 for 17 from the line. He also had 15 rebounds, so a double-double. Um, Braden Smith had 16 assists. Holy cow. You know, that's that's really good. And Gillis with two steals. Looking at the team stats, pretty even. Uh, Purdue had a slight edge in field goal percentage, 57.9 to 57.6. Northwestern had the edge, three-point shooting, 51.9 to uh, 47.6, 75% free throw shooting for the Cats, 63 for the Purdue Boilermakers, but the Purdue Boilermakers had 46 attempts while the Cats only had eight. Now, of course, the Cats were trying to win the game from the outside, and there's no, no real problem with that just because, you know, the Cats have a lot of shooters, but oh my God, call it both ways for the love of God. I mean... It, it, there's a reason why Coach Collins got ejected towards the end of the game. But, oh, man. Um, I was telling people in the office that follow Big Ten basketball or college basketball, like, I think in a way they were trying to protect Purdue. You know, I mean, I'd be embarrassed to lose uh, twice to the same team and this time on my home court too. But, you know, it is what it is. Luckily, I won't get fined by any any uh, <laughs> association here for criticizing refs. But, yeah, huge free throw discrepancy so i wonder you know if there was a little bit more of a on par 
with the free throw attempts? Would Northwestern have actually won the game? Actually, for a while, with like four minutes left, the Cats were actually up. So, I don't know. I don't know. Both teams had 23 assists. Um, Purdue had more rebounds, 33-22. to 12 offensive rebounds are named to only three for the Cats. Tied on steals with six, tied on blocks, but the Cats uh, forced more turnovers, 10 to 8. Um, looking at the personal stats, Ty Berry had a great game, 25 points, with Brooks Barnheiser, 14, and Langborg had 12 points, Matthew Nicholson, 4 points, but 2 for 2 from the field, but only 2 rebounds, and he fouled out of the game. Nick Martinelli had a pretty decent game with 11 points, 21 minutes of play, 5 for 8 from the field, 1 for 1 from 3. With three rebounds, he also fouled out. So did Luke Hunger. Uh, Blake Preston was the only other bench player with uh, two minutes and or two points in fourteen minutes of play. Looking at Purdue, of course, we'll we'll skip Zach Eady. Yep, with the thirty points and fifteen rebounds. Lance Jones with twenty six points with uh, one rebound and one assist. Lawyer had fifteen points. And Smith had 11 points to go along with his 16 assists, so he had a double-double. Kaufman ran with 5. The leading bench contributor was Gillis with 14 points. 8 for 8 from the line, so perfect night for him. And he also had the two steals. Uh, so, Cats had foul trouble, right? Again, which could also lead to the huge discrepancy in free throws. While on Purdue's side, no one had more than 3 fouls. But the one thing I will say is that Purdue had five guys in double figures. So did the Cats. So, of course, you know, it's kind of like that's been the theme lately, right? When you have multiple players or a starting lineup's worth of players in double figures, there's a good chance that you have a shot of winning the game. And in this case, both teams had that, right? Uh, with four guys in the starting lineup and one guy from the bench averaging in double figures. And, of course, that game was cinema right it went to overtime it was another thriller but this time purdue just happened to eke it out um i will say that just looking back on the expectations that i had for the game the cats for the most part kind of got their goals done right so but the one thing or two things i would say that they missed out on was keeping Purdue shooting to a minimum, right? For a while, it, it was that way. Northwestern was shooting the lights out compared to Purdue, but Purdue just ended up getting a little bit more hot towards the end. And the last thing was winning the game in 40 minutes. It took another 45, and this time they lost. Now, and the reason why like I say that was because the Cats were on the road, and obviously Purdue is probably going to stay in that second spot or maybe diddle around in that first spot pretty much for the rest of the season unless they just go on a really, really tough stretch. And, you know, you got to steal as many games as you can uh, when you're on the road, right? Like, we can talk about how immaculate Northwestern has been at home all year, virtually going undefeated you know, only having one loss, but, you know, on the road, they haven't been as good. And that's, you know, the blueprint of a winning team, right? It's like, obviously you want to win all your home games, but you also want to steal as many games as you can on the road. And this would have been like the perfect one to steal uh, from, 
from any opponent from now until the rest of the season, especially because, again, Purdue is a top 10 team. Purdue has the best player in the country and probably the most complete lineup in all of college basketball. Oh, maybe besides UConn, right? But, man, it's okay. You know, I think this does set the tone, though, still for the rest of the season of, uh, for the Cats, right? So as we talk today on this Friday evening, you know, the Cats have a game tomorrow in the afternoon at 1.30 in the afternoon, I believe, against, or 1 in the afternoon, I should say, uh, against Minnesota, right? And Minnesota, with all due respect, is no Purdue, right? I'm not saying that the Cats are going to go into the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers gym and put a, like a 30-piece on them. And, well, that could very well happen, but, you know, they're not going to see a team that's going to be like that for the rest of the year. Will they face stiffer competition? Yes. Or I shouldn't say stiffer, but stiff competition? Yes. Because they're going to see Penn State again. They're going to see Maryland again. They're going to see Michigan State again, right? And two of those three teams played Northwestern very, very close. So, and this time it's going to be the other way. So I think Penn State's going to come to Evanston. They go to College Park and then they go to East Lansing, right so it's not going to be easy the rest of the way and they play nebraska again but this time at welsh ryan so it's not going to be easy but i think again like i said playing against purdue playing them twice and narrowly beating them twice or narrowly having the opportunity to beat them twice you know should really i guess for lack of a better term um kind of provide what northwestern's palette is going to look like when they face teams that pretty much on paper are lesser than purdue and you know this is still a tournament team right you know it's just one loss and especially against a team that probably is going to be a number one seed in the tournament but you know i think northwestern what I'm trying to say is that Northwestern's already too battle-tested to just flop the rest of the year. And a game like Wednesday night's game really, really demonstrated that. So I hope that this particular loss will give the Cats a chance to regroup, get back on the road to uh, Minnesota, and you know just play really good basketball. If anything, sure, they're a winning team and they're a top five team in the big 10 but they should play as if they're kind of like a bubble team or not a bubble team but like a team that has really nothing to lose right so i'm not saying i mean i know what that sounds like it sounds like you're it sounds like i'm saying that the cats should play like a team that only has three wins throughout the season and maybe they should they should play like a hungry team that is looking to um just scrap wins here and there and you know it wouldn't be a bad mentality to have to just play like you got nothing to lose even though they're kind of put in a position where um you know they have to succeed no matter what but the best you can do i guess because of this quote-unquote good loss is just shake it off move on and just beat everyone else so i will say shout out to purdue for you know, saving themselves from total embarrassment and going 0-2 against the Cats. And for the Cats, I hope that they just regroup and um, 
you know, just play, again, play quality basketball for the rest of the season because it's crunch time now. We're really, we're actually in February now, and there's so much college basketball left to be played, but also so little. And again, February is the shortest month of the year, and games are just going to be uh, getting banged out week in and week out. So, of course, the Cats just need to have a really good month and a really good first week of March. And, you know, going into the tourney, uh, the conference tournament, they should be able to be in a really good position regardless of what happens there. So, yeah, you know, I'm not too upset, but I kind of wish that there was a little more parity about Wednesday night's game. But we'll stop here. I'm going to sign off here. Let me know what you think. Do you think that that was the best that the Cats could give um, on Wednesday night? Did you think that maybe the Cats got uh, screwed in that game by the refs? Or maybe, you know... Maybe it really was supposed to be just like this and, um, you know, we can settle for a one and one with Purdue on the year and maybe have the opportunity to play them three times. But, um, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow to preview tomorrow afternoon's game against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, thank you so much for the likes, the ratings, reviews, the downloads. It means so much. Please share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who's down to join the Sports Talk conversation be found on most podcast platforms like apple spotify and amazon music Offsie sport is spelled o-f-f-c-i-e-s-p-o-r-t thank you for spending your friday evening with me whether you're at home just chilling coming home from work or just got off work or at the gym or doing something doing something that allows me to be alongside you for uh, whatever whatever it is i will see you tomorrow afternoon and go cats (laughs) 